0: He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess. He, he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going to be silent. Cinderella story. Out of nowhere. For now. About to become the Masters champion. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole!
1: Hello and welcome to week 45 of a Good Talk Spoiled Golf Podcast. I'm Bobby Donnelly and I'm joined this week by Barry O'Hanlon. Hey Barry. Hey Bob. Uh, unfortunately we've no Alan or James this week. Uh, both of them, uh, both of their work schedules are taking them away from uh, this glorious fun-filled error that we have together. So, uh, Let's tell the truth, we fired them because they're crap. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so you just have the two of us this week. Um but, in fairness, Barry, we've actually a good bit to talk about this week. No know huge, huge news, but uh, loads of kind of interesting stories and, and a few bits and pieces to look ahead. But, as, was, as James always says, before we do, we'll probably have a bit of a chat about our own golf games. I, as I mentioned last week, I've shut it down uh, just for, I like to take my bit of a winter break. Yeah, you're doing, doing yoga now or something like that. Uh, doing nothing at yeah. all, actually. I'm not, I'm not even practicing. I'm just, just chilling out and enjoying myself um, and just getting away from the stress of the golf course. Uh, but you're still playing. You played twice the weekend.
0: Yeah. Um, Wednesday, Saturday, didn't didn't play great. So uh, we'll just ignore that. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> then pretty soon after getting off the course, I uh, went and found myself a time on Sunday and I uh, played on Sunday and... I had 28 points for 12 holes, so it was three over gross. Cool. So yeah, I actually came second in the competition, which nice. made me pretty happy. What won the competition? 30 points. So. Okay, right. not no, Nothing, You're, yeah. Yeah, It was and it was a good 28. Like I put it quite well. at 18 puts for the 12 holes, so cool. it was nice. Um, so, yeah, keep going. Winter golf, you know, yeah. just try pick and choose the nice days for weather.
1: Yeah, actually, the, one, the only one thing I will mention is in Carton House, we had a, a still counting event on, on the right. Omira. And they actually played it off the yellow tees, so very far forward, and all the winning scores were all in the forties. But the interesting thing is, so the par is seventy three, and standard scratch on Saturday was seventy, so three under. Wow! Par. Yeah, yeah, so big everyone, difference of the course. Yeah, so but it's good, kind of good to see you try something different. You yeah. know, and play a short course and people making birdies and eagles and stuff like that. It's good know? fun. I mean, we're
0: off, th- we're off the whites now, which on some holes isn't substantial different uh, distance-wise, but on others it really helps and. Three of the holes, I, I had big drives. And I was within 100 yards of the green on three of the par fours, and it took four to get down oh, on each okay. of those holes. So depth, there's lots of room for improvement anyway. Second shot got these to be improved, still by the sound of things. Do you, know, do you know what? I didn't realize it during the round, but um, when I thought about my round afterwards, every iron shot I hit, I missed left. So okay. these my misses are consistent. For yeah. Them, yeah, yeah. But you've obviously,
1: you obviously have one flaw anyway that needs to be sorted out anyway. Consistent one anyway. So that shouldn't be too hard. Yeah, so. It's good.
0: I'm still hitting the ball a lot more solid since I uh, figured out I wasn't working my hips and my uh, backswing. So
1: and uh, are you do you go for lessons or anything over winter?
0: I think I will. I think I'll go try. I have to do something because I, obviously I failed in my goals to hit single mm-hmm. figures this year, mm-hmm. so um, I definitely, yeah, it would be be foolish of me to not, you know, great. I can't just go buy good golf, you know. Yes. As they say, like, you know, there's no point in paying whatever, a few hundred dollars or euro for new irons that promise you a better consistency across the club face. You're better off putting that
1: money into lessons and so yeah. actually just yeah. working on yeah. it on the range, so... Well, anyway, moving on to the news. and This is probably a nice segue. One person who is getting lessons over the uh, over the winter is Luke Donald. Um, Luke Donald spent the last uh, thirteen months working with Chuck Cook, and he was world number one, I think, when he when he was working with uh, Pat Goss beforehand. And he reckoned he wasn't a good enough ball striker to contend in majors. And he kind of mentioned that he was quite. Um, quite focused on um, on trying to contend in the majors it was something that was really kind of getting to him and he changed coast, went to Chuck Cook and Cook was trying, what the, the technical angle to it is Cook was trying to take the flip out of Donald's swing and get him to use his bigger muscles more and that really means less wrist and more turn and this is the bit that I actually thought was quite interesting as Donald said, there was a big alteration I thought I could do it as I've always considered myself a fast learner and I think this is the bit that uh, I suppose people like my age in mid to late thirties. But where he says, I can see how difficult it is to break down thirty years of golfing DNA. Mm. <laughs> so and then he finishes off saying, "It's funny we see someone like Tiger going through radical swing changes and winning more and more majors and think and think it can be done. But actually, there are not many players who have ripped it all up and been successful. And I think it's a very good point.
0: Yeah, it's um, Tiger really he is the exception to the rule. So it's, it's a brave move by Donald to to. Admit completely, I got it wrong, and he's gone back to the original coach. Yeah, he's he, gone back to Pat Goss, which yeah. is brilliant because I mean, he could have been, he could have done a poor Harrington on it and tried to find another new thing, and he could have ended up in a spiral of trying new things for years. But uh, um, I think, I think it's a great decision to go back to the original guy who got him to world number one.
1: Yeah, I think he mentions that he said he lost sight of what made him successful, and I think he's keeping things very basic at the start when working with uh, working with Pat as well.
0: Yeah, he's actually been with, working with him for the last two months now, hmm. like ever since the Ryder Cup disappointment. Yeah, yeah, um, and he
1: mentions that specifically, yeah.
0: And, uh, yeah, th- he said he's been playing, just focusing mostly on his wedge play and his pudding, which, you know, those were his key strengths when he got to world number one. And, uh, something that the commentators would wax lyrical about every week. Yeah. yeah. So, it'd be, be great to see him back, because when his short game is on, his pudding, he, he's just magnificent to watch.
1: Yeah, and I think as well a lot of the PGA pros as well pick, comp tournaments and competitions like GMAC for example Mm -hmm. he wouldn't he wouldn't necessarily play some of the PGA Tour events where you need to be held a long long way he would more pick things like Hilton Head and and Couple of the kind of small, uh, small uh, the smaller and pokier kind of courses where you need accuracy and stuff like that. And so does Furyk. So I think if Donald can get his game back, he could start to move mm. back up the the world uh, world rankings. Yeah, just like people like Tim Clark and Brian Gay, very much pick and choose
0: and target certain mm. events every year. And yeah. you know, play to their strengths. And hopefully Donald's you know back on right track now. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it'd be good to see him back up there playing well.
1: Um, another interesting person of note was Danielle Kang uh, Barry.
0: Yeah, um, so Danielle has uh, done what most people would uh, wait their whole lives for, but she's done it twice in back to back tournaments. She's had holes, holes in one, but uh, she also managed to have these holes in one on holes that were awarding cars as prizes. Mm. So, week one, she won a Buick Lacrosse, and in week two, she won an Audi A6. And she actually said she felt like she was going to w- have another hole in one, which is just so weird. Like I don't know if that's kind of, you know, her mind working it around the b- you know backwards after after she actually won
1: it. But um, but the only thing is, I I always think that when I stand up on a par three and you know when you maybe you zap the flag with your range finder and you mm-hmm. see the number and you go. Christ, that's an absolute perfect number for this club. <laughs> and then you kind of go, you look and go, oh, this is actually a chance of all in one. Except you know you missed the green by about twenty yards. <laughs> so I wonder if she had the same thing. Where you kind of got, you know, this is just the right club. I really fancy. No, I think she did say as well when the ball was in the air the second time, and it was landing. She's like, "Jeez, this has a great chance again." Yeah, know? so yeah, that's gas. Isn't it? I, li-
0: I liked what she said though. She said she visualizes the ball going in every time,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, which is I mean. It's what we should be. What we should all be doing, really. That for every shot, obviously your shots are just ridiculous. You know, you're playing over a deep pop bunker, and you know, you've got about like two yards of green to land it yeah. on and onto a down slope. You know you're not going to hold that at all. But uh, fair play. To her. Uh, interesting. The odds are somewhere in the region of three hundred and fifty thousand to one to five hundred thousand to one of her having back yeah. t- holes in holes in one on back to back tournament on the specific holes that awarded a car. It's just it's mental.
1: But if you think about it as well, Martin Kimer only had his first hole in one I think it was last year, in his whole life. Now, even even in practice, practice rounds? Even practice rounds. Oh no. my so, God. No, sorry, maybe I don't know if he mentioned practice, but he yeah, yeah. he basically said that was his first proper hole in one. That, uh, he's never mm-hmm. had one in his life. So, it, some people just... So if anyone out there hasn't had one, don't feel bad about it. Yeah. Even the pros don't have them. Yeah, exactly. Anything. Um and, oh jeez, we've no James here now to keep control of our racism, but staying in the same part of the world, which I don't think is too racist, Um we Danielle need- Kang's American. Is she? Oh, yeah. okay, well then, then, <laughs> then I've just gone right over <laughs> James, James, please come back, we need you. Um another Asian sounding name, um Leading PGA Tour China money winner Xing Jun Zhang has been given a six-month ban. And why this has caught attention is he's actually the leading money winner at the moment on the PGA Tour China, which is one of the subset tours for the PGA Tour. The top five order of merit leaders from the PGA Tour China get onto the web.com tour, which is the tour straight below the PGA Tour. But apparently he has been disqualified for signing the wrong score uh, when carding at Lanhai Open in Shanghai in June. Um, and then he also got a second penalty for a similar incident in the Cadillac Championship in Beijing in September. So it's interesting that the PGA Tour of China have come out, given him a ban for six months, September 15th, March 14th. And these guys, the PGA Tour of China, was obviously a subset of the US PGA Tour Whereas the USPJ Tour has a strict policy of not announcing any fines or any suspensions a la Dustin Johnson. Mm. So um, it was kind of interesting. And I think there's been a bit of a push to maybe see can he get some of his money uh, rescinded or his position in the Order of Merit rescinded. But I think he might he might stay in the Order of Merit. And they say he might still get through to the web.com tour. So a bit, bit dodgy, isn't it? Not being allowed to
0: play golf is a... It's pretty heavy punishment. I don't... Yeah, it'd be pretty... Pretty nasty nasty to go and take money that he'd already earned and legitimately and legally in other tournaments.
1: But he could have been cheating elsewhere. Like, I mean, there's no doubt about it. He is a cheat, and that's... that's Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I mean, once is an error, twice is... Yeah, it's... Yeah,
1: yeah. So yeah, let's we'll
0: not just get get, get ourselves the uh, bell charges here, but yeah, it's, it doesn't look good for him. Yeah, he's
1: he's well comfortably in first, so I think he he may well um, make it through, but we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Um, and then I suppose in relation to more news locally, we have a couple of events on in Ireland this Friday. Actually, we have um, Darren Clark is doing an event actually in conjunction with a gym. Where he's just giving a bit of a discussion about his time on tour, but also he's lost four and a half stones since started working with the Duco Gym. So he's doing a talk this Friday in the K Club, uh, uh, 50 euro, uh, for 50 euro for the event. So that's what the 7th of November. So just in case people are listening to this afterwards, uh, this Friday. But, um, one that people who, if they listen to the podcast in the next couple of weeks, who should know about is Park Harrington has also announced that he's doing a golf clinic in Dublin. He's doing it on the 20th of January, uh, and it's in the Gaiety Theatre, which is one of the main theatres in... It's a great great theatre, it's a brilliant venue. Yeah, and it's one of our our best ones, really, in Dublin City Centre. So he's doing it on Tuesday, the 20th of January, and Wednesday, the 21st of January. And tickets are between 45 and 60 euro. Now you might think it's quite expensive, but it is, it is expensive, but all proceeds are going to, um, the children's charity, the ISPCC. Mm-hmm. Every single and even Ticketmaster are waiving their, uh, booking fees. And the
0: gaiety, all the staff on the gaiety are giving the venue for free and their work yeah. for free for the night as well. So, yeah, I'll so
1: it, I think it's good, it's good benefit all around. And, uh, there's going to be a, a, uh, Chipping green, it's going to be a pudding green on the stage. He's going to have a net. He's going to show different shots. He's going to talk about stuff. So, and apparently I've heard he's done one of these for him. Apparently he's fantastic. So I think that'll be well, well worth watching. Well,
0: I we have. We all love listening to talk. I mean, yeah. You see him live. Yeah. No filter either.
1: <laughs> no, I, um, I have got an early indication from Santa that I might have tickets to the second night on the Wednesday. So, um, Santa told me that I've been good so far this year. So I think it might be a small chance. So. That's uh, that's something that I'm looking forward to. Hopefully Very arriving. Nice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm looking forward to that. And um, but in terms of any other Christmas uh, Christmas things, I haven't really kind of thought about anything else. So have you got a line anything for Christmas? Uh,
0: yeah, I like to look at the new Titleist uh, 915 series of woods. So. Um Oh yeah, I, mean, I might aim for aim for the roof and maybe or aim for the stars and might land on the roof. I'll try for a driver, but I might if I, even if I just get a three wood or a hybrid, it'd be a nice little addition to the bag.
1: I think you should go all out for the driver if you could. I might just go for the full set.
0: Yeah, like you know, if you don't ask, you won't get. Dear Santa, driver, three wood, hybrid, please.
1: Yeah, well, we previewed the type of Series there a few weeks ago on this podcast, and I had the nine thirteen, and I must say I absolutely love it. And my driving touch wood now has been pretty good this year. But we were away actually; we were away in a stag at the weekend in Edinburgh. And uh, we were there with Alan, who was actually there. He came over from Sweden for it. And a good friend of ours, Derek, uh, friend of the podcast. He listens there every week. And I was asking him, he's mad and sightless. And I was asking Derek, Derek, are you going to get the um, 9.15? Because. He's pretty much there banging the door down any time new types of equipment comes out. And he goes, no, I don't think I am, because I really love when 9.13. I'm really happy with it." And I was like, oh, thank God, because that means then I won't, I don't have to feel like I have to get it, you know. Oh, okay. Good, good man, Derek. Yeah. Save <laughs> ground. But Alan, then, uh, then Derek said to me that uh, Alan goes, um, Oh yeah, it goes out. Derek says, oh, "Alan's Alan's going to get the 9.15. And I was like, "Oh no!" So that's the last thing I wanted to hear because if Alan goes and gets the nine fifteen, he will be lording it over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. so I'll be just bullied, mentally bullied into getting it. So that's kind of a bit <laughs> devastating to my wallet. So we'll have to wait and see. But um, yeah, they they look fantastic. They look amazing. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think uh, you just have them on, on your wall.
0: They look so good. Yeah, you put them yeah. in a the frame. And um, speaking of typeless <coughs> new new equipment, James got one of the. Uh, the stage dry golf bag, carry golf bags. Oh yeah. And he's decided to put away his like big, massive leather tour bag and power caddy for the winter and go carrying. So maybe he'll give us a little uh, lowdown on how that's going for him next week. Yeah, yeah. Very uh, <laughs> nice looking bag and fu- fully Irish weatherproof, which is which is the most important thing.
1: That's interesting that he does it that way because I do it the other way around. I bring my, I have my trolley and I have my bag for the purpose that in the winter you can get all sorts. of you can get rains, you can get all sorts of bad weather. So mm. I actually have the bag and the trolley for the winter. And in the summer sometimes I use a carry bank, cause, you know, you can pretty consistent weather hopefully when yeah, we yeah. did this year you know but it's interesting they've gone that way yeah we've I suppose
0: on a lot of our, the greens in our place they're, um, they're mm-hmm. you know, and in any course there are general foot traffic areas by the greens and they block them off on our course ah, the okay. winter. so you end up going the long way around with the uh, trolley and I, th- I guess his other motivation is he's got one of the really nice leather tour bags for the summer and he just doesn't want it getting ruined in, yeah, yeah, in the weather
1: yeah. so it'll be interesting to see how he gets on cool cool um, so we'll ask him about that I think mm-hmm. he hopefully he'll be back next week um, another interesting actually p- article that I saw this week, Derek Larenson, uh wrote in the Daily Mail, and we'll post up a link to this, he was making a, b- a couple of uh, interesting points. Uh, the BBC Personality of the Year, and I suppose for people who aren't from the UK or Ireland, BBC Personality of the Year is kind of um, like a vote that the BBC do at the end of the year, really... Um, deciding who their favourite sports personality or favourite sports person of the year was. I think that's probably a fair enough description, isn't it? Yeah, and then
0: there's a bunch of different categories as well, but then there's an overall... It's a bunch of subcategories and there's yeah. an overall one. I suppose for our American listeners, it would be kind of like the SPs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The exceptional sportsperson uh, of the year awards for anyone who doesn't know what they are.
1: Yeah, but he was making the point that he, ex- he thinks that uh, the Ryder Cup team should win all the main personality prizes. So he thinks McGinley should get coach of the year, which I think is a great shout. Um, he thinks that McElroy winning two majors and winning the Ryder Cup and having a basically a phenomenal year should get Sports Personality of the Year. Yeah, yeah, and the I, WGC and the and Wentworth as well. Yeah, like I don't think there's too many to rival him. Lewis Hamilton has is yes. has, he's probably going to well, he's going to win the Formula One, I think, but. Dunno then this is my narrow view on sport, but I don't think he there's anyone really out there that, that can rival rival him, you know.
0: Nobody else well, kind of came to mind and had to think yeah. about it. Yeah. you know, they don't have Andy Murray didn't have a stellar year
1: this year and yeah, I think I I He's think won he won it last year though, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I think Alan might be given an L vote to Ray Rice, but that's a that's a different story, you know. <laughs> 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 and the final one, uh was Team of the Year he was going yeah. for it. The guy was saying Ryder Cup. So I think they're all it's quite I, I didn't really think about it, but it's good good claims. But the other point, and we mentioned this last week, he was quite critical of Garcia not playing the European Tour Final Series. And um he mentioned that um how are we, as European golf watchers, supposed to get excited about the European final tour series if mm-hmm. the number two person won't even turn up? for it? Which I think was a valid criticism. No, it was a good point, and I actually got it wrong
0: last week when I said that uh, players had to play a few of the events in the final series. They actually, They removed all those restrictions after a bit of criticism last year, and uh, it seems Sergio's taken full advantage of it this year, gone and taken his appearance fee check for the CIMB Classic. It's uh, It's a really strange decision, because... You know, it was the same prize money was available in both tournaments. Um, The BMW Masters actually had higher ranking points available to it. Yeah, world ranking points. World ranking points, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and by Sergio playing the CIMB, he actually enhanced the ranking points in CIMB. So there would have been an even bigger chasm between the two events and
1: ranking points available. So it just... it's a real slap to the face of the European Tour. Yeah, I think Derek Lawrence and actually James went to suggest this last week that there might be appearance money possibly on offer in the CIMB. Yeah. So, you know, I think... don't think Sergio's lacking for cash at this stage. Obviously, that's that must... Be, well, I... I sorry, yeah. th- there is probably the driving motivation of, you know, getting 100 grand in the pocket or whatever, mm. but I think there's probably also after last year he was quite vociferous about complaining about how the European Tour... Uh, ran their series and they and he didn't get to play the final event because he didn't he didn't, he didn't play two of the three or something. Yeah. Or three of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is this his way of punching? I then, think it might uh, be a bit of a yeah. bit of a slap back to him, you know. So um yeah, so that was kind of interesting enough. Um other bit of news, Adam Scott, Mr Dreamy himself, as I uh, was waxing lyrical about the start of the year. He is he's obviously ended his partnership with Caddy Steve Williams. Uh they announced that September seventeenth and he's going to use his next few events events to audition uh, as a replacement. So he's going to start this week in the WGC HSBC Champions in China with um, one of the regular caddies, a guy called Dave Clark. Dave Clark uh, is currently with Cameron Trungali, But I think Dave Clark might be looking for a bit of an upgrade money-wise, uh, money, money wise, I think.
0: Yeah, how, like how
1: crap would Trin feel is caddy's just like oh yeah
0: I'm going to openly go try cheat on somebody else with you yeah <laughs> you know, right yeah. in front of his face <laughs> yeah. not even doing it behind his back yeah. it's like
1: you know it's um, um, now I think um, Scott's also going to try out a guy called Matt Tritton uh, who works for Jeff Ogilvie or he worked with Jeff Ogilvy last season so kind of watch the space it'd be interesting to see who his new caddy is um but uh, it be interesting it's good to see a lot of the guys coming back this week as well in the WGC some field actually yeah. yeah, we'll get to that a little bit later in the show um, and I will, we will look back on last week's event but just before we do we will mention Ryan Moore but in terms of, I suppose, this is what we might call our equipment corner, Barry, the one thing that caught my eye about Ryan Moore's uh, bag was he's playing Miura irons, and I haven't heard of them for a long, long time, it was very interesting to see that Ryan Moore was playing playing these irons.
0: Yeah, they're really under the radar, and I've only ever kind of encountered them um, maybe under hashtags, such as like golf porn or something like that on Twitter, where they make stunning irons. Um they're all forged clubs, so they've forged irons, wedges, and putters. Um, this, this, this company has a great kind of history and ethos. Um, they have one factory and one forge, and they're both in the city of Himeji, uh, excuse my Japanese pronunciations, <laughs> uh, which was for centuries the seat of the ancient Japanese art of samurai sword making. Now, the owner of the company is Katsuhiro. Katsuhiro. Yeah, there we go. Katsuhiro Miura, and he began making golf clubs in 1957. Mm-hmm. He hand grinds the clubs in the factory every day alongside his sons uh, Yoshitaka and Shinai, and they make. make what was it you said, Fifty sets a week?
1: Yeah, they make fifty sets a week, and apparently, I mean, I heard about these a good while ago, and they're they're have an amazing reputation. As golf club makers, and actually, again, Mario we might tweet it up, but you should see the pictures oh, of the golf yeah. clubs; they're beautiful. But there was always rumours going around that actually a lot of the clubs that certain players were playing were actually Mura irons with stamps on them. And actually, it's quite interesting. We 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 found it today that um, actually, apparently, in the late 1990s, that Mura was actually forging irons for Woods. Um, that that went under the Titleist brand. So Muir was actually making woods for Titleist. And he has actually in the past made irons for Titleist and TaylorMade. In fact, TaylorMade, who are based in California, worked with uh, Muir's 25-employee company for four years for their tour preferred line of RAC CB300 irons. Now, the partnership actually ended in 2004 because Mura's extensive fourteen-step forging process doesn't self lend itself to mass production, so you know they make absolutely top-class clothes. I think it's two thousand dollars for a set of irons, yeah. and um, worth every penny by the looks of these things. Yeah. Um, but the problem is, you, they just can't make they can't make yeah. enough to keep up with the uh, demand. So, as you said, the fifty set a week is only one percent of the output of the likes of Taylor Made and typos, Yeah, so. I mean, and then it's no surprise that actually the, these companies.
0: Took this expertise and kind of put their own stamp on it all the, throughout all these years. I mean, the the level of detail, like you said, the fourteen step forging process they go through. The, everything's hand ground. You know, it's there's no way you can mass produce these and get the same kind of uh, quality that they get. I mean, what they these special forging techniques to make sure the grain of steel in each club will be fine and uniform, mm. and there's no voids or tiny bubbles. And so they these things are just wonderful to uh, Definitely get these up on Twitter for the followers to have a look at.
1: Yeah, and very interesting that um, Jose Maria Lathabal and um, Retief Goosen both won their majors using Muir irons. So they were very popular, obviously, back in the 90s. Yeah, yeah um, kind of under the radar. Yeah, yeah. So, um, But no, it, it seems like an extremely popular, uh, very, very high-class iron, but... Um, it's not one you see too much of because no. they're they're a bit more on the radar. But it's nice to see kind of artisan golf clubs
0: winning on tour, you know, yeah. just competing with the big boys. You know, yeah, I like to see that. It's nice and fair yeah. play to Ryan Moore. Just seems to make a habit of winning this time of year.
1: Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's right. Has he won. Is he won the last three years of this time of the year? I think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. This, this time, just a couple of days into November. I think the other two are in October. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh. defended a defended his title
1: as well, which mm. is such a rare thing. Yeah, there's a one-two, actually, but we'll come to that yep. anyway. But, um, okay, well, normally we would have a rules-related uh, question, but uh, we don't have Alan this week, so we're going to do a bit of a catch-up maybe next week. But I know we had a good few listeners who are actively keeping an eye on the Top 200 updates, so I'm going to give you a bit of an update on that. And uh, we, we mentioned last week briefly that Matt Ward had made a bit of a move because... Will McKenzie, he was in a playoff, Barry, wasn't he? Did he go to a playoff, or was he just second in an event a couple of weeks ago? Uh,
0: He went to a playoff and fell out on the first playoff hole.
1: Yeah, yeah, so so still it was a big jump. So that's caused Matt Ward to move um, from the two-week-ago ranking of 210 ranking points to 199. He's gone from third to first. So that leaves the top five with the same people. Uh but just uh, really it's opened up into a two horse race. Matt Ward is leading on one nine nine. Martin Saccomb is back at two eleven. Um, his constant and uh, uh supporting of Carlson on Twitter hasn't really uh, contributed to any form from Carlson but but keep it up Martin, it might uh, might might work. Carlson started okay last week. Yeah, it so a good year. Yeah, to Robert, and there's a good few. a good few weeks to come up as well. He's really. a good guy
0: on Twitter as well. He's, a, he's yeah. good fun, nice nice interactions,
1: and he was very good to us. He gave us a good five or six minutes at the Irish Open as well. Like yeah. was he was very uh, and if anyone hasn't listened to it, come back and listen to, it. he's actually a very nice guy. I almost couldn't keep him quiet, which is which is rare for some sports stars that could give you that much time. You can't yeah. do the same to me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, James English is third on two two six. Um, he has Ben Crane. Uh, I'm fourth, and I have Camille Vajegas. Sorry, the top four all of Molinari and then the other players, so really if any top four of are going to sort it out, we need McKenzie, Carlson, Crane, or Vajegas to win. Shane McKiernan is fifth with Carlson and Crane, so... Probably needs a bit of action from both, from both of those. And then there's a bit of a drift back. Uh, the next place is 278, and it goes on to then. So, realistically, unless anyone has probably a top two or a top three, it's between Matt Ward and Martin Sacombe. So, we'll yeah, keep an eye that. Yeah, I'd that's
0: something needs a big win. I mean, I know Marcel Siem only jumped 60 or 70 spots last week from his win. So
1: Yeah, actually, you've actually moved up um, in the last couple of weeks, Barry. You've gone from 27th to 25th. You've gone from. Six three three to five ninety. You're forty one spots. You're actually the biggest gainer in the last two weeks. Maybe Misawa must have done something in Asia. Maybe he. I think he's a top ten or something. Did like he? That oh, there area. you go. let so will figure it out anyway. Yeah. So St- still, yeah, there's still a chance. Yeah. So your channel, me there's a chance. Yeah, exactly. um, so that's it. So we'll keep you updated, and we'll put the leaderboard up, the full leaderboard up on um, on Twitter for for you later on this evening. Okay. Well, we briefly touched on it, Barry. We just mentioned Ryan Moore and. Ryan Moore won the CIMB class again and actually it was a 1-2 because Gary Woodland was second and they were the 1-2 from last year as well which is very rare really yeah good point Um,
0: amazing performance from Ryan Moore I mean had no real form coming into the event and just golf is so so fickle it just shows how good these guys are and Mm -hmm. he just comes back to the place where he won the previous year Gets a good vibe and swings it beautifully and wins comfortably by three.
1: And you're a big fan of Roy Moore, do you like, you like him? Yeah, yeah,
0: big, uh, I like the, I, like I like the way he kind of... For a few years he uh, got you know got rid of all endorsements and sponsorships, he used to gotta kind of wear ties on the course yeah, as well. That's cool. Um he went you know completely plain clothes. I like his style, a real individual and I guess that, that's why he's using um such kinda of unique clubs as the Mura Irons.
1: So. Yeah, it's it's a touch of classroom almost using the as I said we didn't obviously mention that how kind of cool and and historic and high quality they are and it's kind of a real touchy class that he's, that he's using them you know I like it I like it I mean 10 years ago he had one of the best uh, amateur
0: seasons on record he was winning everything left right and mm. centre and they all said he was going to be the next superstar And but, I mean hasn't quite yet but he's still got 4, four wins on the PGA Tour and you know, he was one spot outside the automatic spots for the U.S. Ryder Cup team. Mm. So, and without you know, that was with only one win to his name last year. So, uh, yeah, maybe maybe this can kickstart him into a good year. I, th- I think he's got the game that could contend in a major now. Whether he could win in a major is uh, is another thing altogether. But um, yeah, good performance.
1: I was just having a look at the leaderboard there. Kevin Na actually finished second, and Alan in the top two hundred actually went backwards. So either. Either I've made a bit of a boo-boo in it and Alan's going to be demanding an audit, or else Stuart Manley is so crap that he's actually going so further backwards that he's negating Alan's points, but... I might do another investigation on that I anyway, mean, but. Anything to keep balance ends good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'd say your numbers are perfect. But, um, yeah, so the, the, the just to wrap up on the leaderboard, Ryan Morby, Gary Woodland, Kevin Now was uh, second, Garcia, who we mentioned, finished joint second as well, another good event from him, uh, Cameron Smith, Sangman Bay, John Sendon, Sabatini, and, uh, Davis Love. Oh, I'm actually there's sorry. Misoat. And there's Misoat. And there's yeah, tied eight, so that's what gave you a bit of a jump. Um so yeah, so that was kinda of rounds off the top ten. I didn't I didn't see any of this Barry. Um it's no. just it's kind of awkward times of night really, isn't it? Yeah, I caught bits and pieces of highlights kinda of the next yeah. day, but it was it was right
0: in the middle of uh, sleepy time like
1: for <laughs> us, you know.
0: Started at you know 3 two one, two, three in the morning when the coverage would start on T V and it wrapped up around six or seven in the morning, so it's uh you want to be a really hardcore fans. Be up in the middle of the night or have a baby.
1: Like yourself. Yeah, yeah. Well, but not I, not this week. The Australian um, the Australian golf kind of suited me because I could catch it the last couple of hours when I was up with, up first thing. But mm. this stuff is finishing even earlier than that, so uh, haven't seen too much of it. Um, on the European Tour, um, actually quite a dramatic. I I again I just caught the highlights of this, but it's quite a dramatic final day because um, Alexander Levy was was leading quite strongly going into the. Uh, final round he was 22 under leading by 4 I think and he played fantastic off shooting 65, 66, 63 looks like he was going to run away with it but the wind really got up with the final day and he ended up shooting a 78 now that still got him into a playoff with Ross Fisher and Marcel Seam and the playoff was quite dramatic, Barry, wasn't it? Because uh, they, particularly the three of them playing on it and how it finished up. Yeah, I, I woke up just in time to actually catch
0: the the very end of the playoff hole. Seem um, had a putt in regulation to to win the tournament. Yeah, yeah, from six feet, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, six or eight feet or something around that. Anyway, yeah. he missed that, so clearly gone into the playoff gutted, raging, yeah, yeah. Um, and he has a bit
1: of the old rage as well, doesn't he? He doesn't need a bit of a ticking time bomb. Yeah, he's not the usual calm, collected German that mm-hmm. we would see
0: in, like, say Martin Keimer. And this mm-hmm. guy has, you know, definite volcano possibilities yeah. at any time. Um, Donaldson and Rose missed missed opportunities to get That's into right. the playoff as well. Right, probably so. the last, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, but anyway, so. We find ourselves uh, at the 18th green. Seam has missed it. He's just off the green. And Levy and Fisher both have putts for uh, birdie. Reasonable chances. Yeah, one one was from maybe like 12 foot for Levy. And Fisher was maybe 20 foot or so. Um, So Marshall Seam had to go first. He was furthest away. Took the flag out and uh, went and chipped the damn thing in. That was amazing. It was a brilliant chip in. Beautiful shot. Really aggressive. And it, the ball never really looked like it was going to miss from the moment mm. he hit it. Mm. So, um, yeah, that, that made the putts for the two lads an awful lot tougher. And Ross Fisher gave his a reasonable go. And Alexander Levy was kind of putting uphill. And he just, he pulled it. He pulled it so far left of the hole, trying yeah. to hit it up the hill. And, and uh, Marcel
1: team gets his win. Yeah, and great. Over a million dollars. He was actually saying that, because uh, they were kind of, they were. I heard a couple of interviews with him, they were saying, well, you know, how did you feel after missing that putt? Because, you know, you're not the canvas guy around. And he actually said, he goes, oh, well, I have two children now. And he goes, I find that they're a bit more of a calming influence because there's a lot more important things than golf. So kind of interesting to see. But he also had planned, he booked a holiday for this week. To go to Thailand with his wife. Oh, yeah? And now because he's won, he's now in the WGC, so he's had to f- figure out how to fly her from Thailand to China to come over and meet him for the golf. So <laughs> that's I think. good problem to have. Yeah, well, that's a very good problem to have. As you say, he picks up a nice big check, and he's in all the final events now, all the way up to the race to Dubai, so he'll pick up, you know, he could. He made a massive leap in the race to Dubai, like fourth, I think, or mm-hmm. something. So he, uh. Um, super, super win. Yeah, so I think he said he's not taking his holiday the end of the year. Still needs so. to get rid of that ponytail, though. It's Ah, well, it's nice, it's a bit different, you know, but, yeah, it's not, yeah I suppose, yeah, I don't know, yeah, something a bit different, um, and then, yeah, so th- that was kind of all the weekend's golf that we had, and we kind of touched on it, but this week, um, we have the WGC HSBC Champions, the final WGC WC- for uh, this season, and... This one is actually quite exciting, Barry, because we touched on it at the start that the there's actually a fantastic field here with 40 of the top 50 in the world playing it.
0: Yeah, this is a brilliant field. This is at uh, Shishan International Golf Club mm. in Shanghai, which is a... Um, an absolute birdie fest last year was like the second easiest par seventy two on tour. Mm. Um, Justin Johnson won; I think he was twenty four under last year. And uh, this year he'll be defending from his couch, <laughs> uh, which is uh, it'll be comfortable. But unfortunately, he won't get the title. Um, I mean, let's get
1: the let's get the list of players here. Oh yeah, we man, have. I have it here. Jonathan yeah, yeah. Go. Justin Rose is uh, is leading the betting. There's actually been a lot of money for him. He opened up the week at sixteen to one. And based on his fourth last week, he was as high as 16 to 1 at the start of the betting, and he's now as low as 9 to 1 with Stan James. And the best price available now is 11 to 1, or sorry, well, 12 to 1 in some of the, mm. let's say, less so reputable bookies. But, uh, so I'd call it 11 to 1 across the, across the lot. Um so Justin Rose, the favourite, then we've Garcia who's obviously in good form, Adam Scott's returning from a bit of a layoff, he is second favourite, best price eighteen to one. And then we I mean the list of top golfers goes on. Stenson, Kymer, Watson, Donaldson, Ricky Fowler's here, uh G Mac, Jimmy Walker, Ryan Moore as we mentioned. Uh, Gary Woodland's playing as well, Speech, Wurstel, so a fantastic field, uh, really, really, really should be it's Deep, deep. Yeah, very deep field, so does, uh, everyone, everyone's obviously travelling for the WGC. Is there anyone, Barry, you've had a look at, anyone that's catching your eye at this early stage? Well I tell you who's it's, catching my eye. Yeah,
0: go you go first.
1: Um I, so I
0: can I can avoid that.
1: <laughs> yeah, Shane Lowry, um we actually we didn't mention this, but he's fifty first in the world and and as of the thirty first of December this year he needs to be in the top fifty to qualify for the masters. So the person who is actually fiftieth uh in the world rankings is John Senden and he had a seventh last week. He's eighty to one this week, so I've had a small little each way bet on him. Uh, just to keep me interested, I, I he's a guy I really like, and I think when he's on form, um, he's a guy who's quite streaky. So uh, coming off a of seventh last week, uh, that was in China, obviously, and this is China again. I think he's a great price, great ball striker. So he's a guy I'm fancying. Um, I did whatever, excuse me, with everyone raving about um, Justin Rose. I was kind of tempted by him, but now his price is, is gone, and it's very low in such a quality field as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then. And then another one I actually was thinking, I thought Alexander Levy might have been a decent price again to carry on his form because as you just mentioned there, he... It's a birdie fest course, and he's a
0: birdie machine when he yeah. gets going. Yeah. I was just about to say that. That'll be my... I haven't really got anybody picked out yet, but um, that'll definitely be one of the factors I look at is you know, most birdies are birdie
1: average. Yeah, yeah. And he's hes probably best priced 55 to 1. So he's kind of... Blind. There's a couple of guys there, but really my only bet there is John Senden. I know it's a bit bananas having a bet at this time of the year, but just... just Excuse me, just to keep me interested anyway, you know? Boost the Christmas present, Kitty. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. It's for, just so we can buy myself a nice big present. <laughs> yeah, buy the 915 before Alan and make him buy it. Yes, actually, even better, even yeah. better. Actually, if John Senden wins, I'll definitely buy the 915 driver. For Barry. Uh, for myself. <laughs> Um, and the other event Which is kind of rare we say this that um, I suppose I was going to say that the HSBC Is a European tour event But as well it's co-sanctioned really. It's a PGA mm-hmm. tour event But we do have an event on in the US The It's uh, the Sanderson Farms Championship Which is coming from Country Club of Jackson Jackson in Massachusetts And this is It's kind of weird to actually say this But it's probably the kind of second tier um, American players really vary isn't it?
0: Yeah, so it's kind of scooping up the, the drags and the, the lower-ranked players. Yeah. Um, obviously, because a lot of the, the big names are out of the WGC, but mm. it's, a, it's a good chance for guys to get a win this week. Yeah, this, this actually, for a second-tier event, the course is actually kind of a nice one. It's a, it's a Donald Ross one. and it's supposed to be some nice run-off areas. The greens are kind of perched mm. up a little bit, kind of elevated. And the rough is supposed to be a little bit juicy, so... Um, the the word The word out there, and the internet saying you know be driving accuracy could be something that could help a lot this week mm-hmm. um, and the wind could get up so the greens could get a bit you know bit speedy, so mm-hmm. the right. head of the betting we have Nick watney and yeah. after that then I'm just going to list them rather than the odds. we Robert Streb, Martin Laird, Tony Finow, Ben Martin, Scott Piercy, Russell Knox, Hudson Swafford, Carl Peterson, Peter Uline, and uh, out from there on, the rest are all 33 to 1. Interesting. Like the bookies seem to have a lot of the Web. dot com tour graduates up there, like Tony Finnow and well, uh, Hudson Swafford. Tony
1: Finnow is actually someone who I was keeping an eye on. He is well, he's al- he's already the longest on the PGA tour so far this year, mm-hmm. and he hits one well, last a mile comes off the W or comes off the Web. dot com. Has I think he's had about three top twenties in a row. He looks like somebody out of the WWE. He's yeah. a beast. I and I think I heard that this course is going to require. um it's going to require length off the tee, and, and, and it's also going to be... I, I, I'd i heard that the scoring was going to be quite deep, as is in kind of 15, 20 under. Right. Um, so I think it'll be very interesting to see how Tony Finnell goes. He's a guy mm. that a lot of people are talking up, so it'll be interesting. I, I, He's one... 25 to one, for somebody who hasn't won on tour yet. That was like the way Graham DeLette's odds were going yeah. for a uh, while. You know. I'm not having a bet on him, but he's yeah. somebody I'll keep an eye on. But you, uh, you are you, have you picked out a bet? Or are you having an?
0: Mm, I might, I might actually put a few euro um, on
1: Peter Uline, He's another
0: one of my golf crushes. Um, mm.
1: He's short is he not?
0: Yeah, but for somebody who's got, who's actually won on a pro tour before, like he's won on the European yeah. tour, so forty so, to one, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you've got to think he's got more uh, more than Tony Finnow brings to the table in terms of being able to get it over the line and get a yeah. win. And Tony Finnau is shorter.
1: Yeah, well, based on the fact that, as I said, I, I, well, I will give the credit to the guy who deserves it, Dave Kellner over in William Hill. Uh, I listened to him today and he mentioned that this course he thinks he needs someone who can go low and he has gone for Tommy Ganey at 125 to 1, who obviously, if Tommy famous, Two Gloves. Tommy Two Gloves, yeah, who I think he shot 60, was it last year, the year before on yeah. tour? Um, so I've had a little small nibble each way in him just to keep my interest up. So we'll have something on Sunday night like to keep an eye on. Actually, one funny thing about
0: this tournament, they have a new trophy. Uh, do you want to guess what the what's on top of the trophy? A cow. No, but no. good the farm thing <laughs> that, uh, It has a chicken standing on wooden cylinders. Right. Yeah. Okay. Nice. I don't understand what the wooden cylinders for, but uh, yeah, just. Yeah. yeah. A funny trophy to have near your mantelpiece It'd much rather something
1: a bit prettier like a or. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well uh, well I think that pretty much wraps us up, Barry. Um and actually said before we finished that Sanderson Farms like at least we have that on Sunday night to watch, so it'll give us something to, to keep I an know, eye on. Sunday
0: night I didn't know what to do. I was walking around yeah. the house thinking I am normally watching golf here. I was yeah, about to yeah. go pick up something on demand or Yeah,
1: yeah. Um okay, well listen, that wraps us all up. Um thanks Mary for everyone for listening. Um if you'd like to get in touch, our email is a good at gmail.com our Twitter is at PodcastGTS, and, and we'll talk to you all next week. So, thank you very much for listening. Bye, huh? Well, you're fine. Bye bye.